Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Colter Nuanas is over in Bozeman right now. They are getting him uplinked to us as we speak. So as soon as he is available, he's at the Rockin' R Bar in downtown Bozeman, Montana. So if you're in Bozeman, you're watching us over there, go down, hang out for a while, have a drink, have yourself some food, get ready before uh, the football game here in the next couple hours. you still got time. you got plenty of time to get over there and enjoy yourself at the Rockin' R Bar. So as soon as he is available with us, uh, we will get going on that. But we wanted to start with, we're going to do uh, 20 minutes of Montana Grizzlies, take a break, do 20 minutes of Montana State Bobcats, okay? That's how we're going to start the show here, first couple of segments. So we will get in with uh, 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 Bobby Houck right here and right now. Bobby Houck, from the press conference earlier this week, we wanted to save some of this stuff for you. We played a little bit of it earlier, but we're going to play uh, a fair amount of it now. Here you go, Bobby Houck talking about just the uh, uh, his opening comments coming out of a win in a playoff game and now going on the road to face Weber State, the number three team in the nation. It's good to be back in the quarterfinals again for the first time in a long time. Um, you know, the, the fact that uh, we have a short week of preparation coupled with uh, the fact that it's finals week will be uh, difficult in terms of our preparation, but I expect our guys to lock in, find a way to overcome that. Um, playing a team the second time in a year is, is always uh, a challenge. Uh, in reviewing our last game with with Weber State, I didn't think we played particularly well. So um, we need to play better than last time in order to win this game. We need to execute better, uh, and really just need to go out and and play our our best game of the season. 
Interesting comments by Bobby Houck uh, that they did not play very well. They didn't execute very well in a game that they were up 35-3 to against the number three team in the nation. So that's the that's the track that he's taking. There was a follow-up question about, well, what specifically was it that you didn't do very well or that your team didn't do very well? And he said, well, I, the list is so long, we just don't have time. So he kind of he made a, a passing gesture at that. But the idea here that he is simply just taking – uh, a, a line of motivation with his team to say, you you think you played well? You know, there's a point later in the press conference said, you know, it, it's hard to get 18 to 22-year-olds to believe what you're saying when they've already won a game. That was one reason he said it's hard to win a second time. And so his attempt from from day one from their, from moving on last weekend against southeastern Louisiana has been to convince his team that they did not play well against Weber State. Because I think a lot of fans watching would say maybe that was the best game of the year that Montana played. Hammering Weber State the first time through. He's going to say, no, 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 no. You think you, you think you hammered them? If you do that again, you're going to get beat. If you play the way you played at Washington Grizzly Stadium on November, the what was it, 16th? You're going to get beat. That's what he's attempting to convey. Now, whether they buy that, whether they believe that, whether that works as a motivational tactic for preparation, again, I think people underestimate how important the week is. I mean, everybody understands how important the week is at some level, right? But you think, okay, it's game day. Now it's time to get up. No, 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 no. Game day isn't the day to get up. Game day is the day to go actually somewhat relax, hit a certain level, and then go perform and execute. It's the week of preparation, having excellence in practice, having energy in practice, and having the belief that not just because it's the quarterfinals, but because and but but because it's a team that you beat already, that you still got to go prove it again to them if you're the Montana Grizzlies and to everybody else. Because look, beating Weber State in Washington Grizzly Stadium during the regular season is all well and good, especially the way they did it. If you lose. In the playoffs to Weber State, then then that game sort of gets gets pushed to the margin. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen or anything like that. It just means that that's not that's no longer uh, uh, something that you're hanging your hat on, right? The team that gets the last win, they're the ones who get to ultimately say, "Well, let me know what happened when it mattered," right? So Montana looking to prove it, as it were, tonight. It's also interesting because it's finals week in the state of Montana. Grizzlies, Bobcats both have finals. Now, some of the seniors maybe don't have that much going on. That's probably good news. But a lot of the underclassmen, in fact, all of them do. And even from Cy Sermon, we heard he's only got one class. Turns out to be physics. So he's got some work to do there. But Bobby Houck talked about finals week and what it is to have this game during a finals week and the difficulty that comes with that. Here you go. You mentioned it's finals week, though. What sort of mental focus does that take on, guys? Prepare for a big playoff game and also get schoolwork done. Well, I hope they can do it. It's generally a bad thing for us academically. You know, if if we asked you, you're given a choice. You're going to prepare for your accounting final or you're going to watch football film. Which one would you do? And we So we've got to work hard on our schoolwork, and it's been hard on our GPAs in the past. Interesting tact again from Bobby Houck there. I mean, he, no doubt that he isn't saying something that is true. Uh, but most coaches 
A, probably won't acknowledge that, and B, he'd seem all that remorseful about that, right? I mean, he just sort of stated it. Yeah, it's not really good for our for our GPAs in general. What would you rather do? Yeah, well, of course, what would you rather do? But uh, there's a lot of what would you rather do's in life, right? I mean, every day you probably got to do something, probably a bunch of things that you don't really want to do, but you have to do. And such is the state of collegiate athletics right now that even though a bunch of guys are playing Division One football, a bunch of gals are playing Division One basketball, sports, whatever it is, and are there explicitly for the sport, you are required to also participate in academics. And I'm not here to pretend even at the FCS level in a lot of places that the academics always come first and, you know, these are student athletes and they're there to get their degree. Look, man, you, you can buy that if you want to. I don't. But also, the guise is usually kept up. <laughs> man, we got to go. We got to be great in the classroom. You know, we got to go. Well, really what you got to do is get yourself over a certain bar that isn't actually all that high to be eligible to play. I mean, that's what you have to do if you're going to play sports. And certainly playing football in the playoffs during a finals week. It's not, maybe it's not a surprise what gets pushed to the margin. Sue Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. By the way, meant to tell you, it's Friday, usually before the show, but I'll do it right now because, I mean, it is a break after all. It's a Florence Coffee Company coffee break. I got myself a vanilla cappuccino. Been nursing this thing for a little while. Tasting very good to me. Thank you very much. It's Friday night. Boys and girls, you got a big night ahead of you. Montana State kicks off at 6. They're going to be going till 9, 10 o'clock. The Grizzlies kick it off at 8. They're going to be going till 11 midnight. You need some fuel for the fire, people. Right now, you are almost certainly close to a Florence Coffee Company coffee kiosk. Pull in there. Get yourself a nice coffee. Get your weekend started right. You got to be up late tonight. You got to have some energy into your football game. So go ahead and get yourself a Florence Coffee Company. We appreciate them uh, keeping us properly caffeinated. For the uh, for a big Friday night, I mean, this is this is the, there should be lines at Florence Coffee Company tonight, right now, getting ready for this game. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money. And it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Okay, I am told that we have our dear friend Coulter Nuanas available from the Rock and Arbor. Coulter, how are you doing over there? We got you, bud? Got you, bud? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. A- anybody? No? 
There we go. There me. we go. You can hear How me. you doing, bud? Good. How you doing? Doing great. We can hear it going down over there in the rock and Oh, yeah. It's a game day Friday. Like, it's uh, busy. It's pretty packed right now. Indeed. Yeah, it's a packed house right now. We, uh... We had to go up to campus to get a uh, press pass for our uh, illustrious colleague, Tucker Sargent, and bustling up on campus, people getting nice and lubed up for the game, and uh, Rockin' Our Bar is rocking right now, so uh, Friday Night Football, Bozeman, Montana, pretty fun. It is very fun. Well, excited about that. We may well hear from Tucker Sargent here in a little while as well. But first, let's continue hearing from Bobby Houck. He was asked about what it's like to, or what it means, I guess, rather, to have the University of Montana on ESPN2 and the significance of that on a national platform. Here's what he well, said. I think it's great well, I think for it's the state of Montana. State of Montana. I think it's great for I the University of Montana. University. I think it's a big, it's a big deal. Anytime that we can play uh, our football programs, the most visible thing at this university and any time that we can get national exposure I think it's great for this university. You know, it is a big deal, Culture, to be able to be on ESPN2 and be they're going to be the only football game in America on national television, and it'll be the only college game being played from about the middle of the second quarter on. How important do you think that is for just exposure in general? Oh, it's gigantic. I mean, I think that there's no question that between 2000 and 2009, the University of Montana's football success went directly hand-in-hand with skyrocketing enrollment. I mean, the Grizz were on ESPN more than any other FCS team. No question. And that that definitely had a huge impact. I remember going to school with all sorts of kids in Missoula that were from the Seattle, Portland, Alaska, you know, all over the Northwest. How'd you find out about Montana? Oh, we saw the game on ESPN. We saw the Grizz in the basketball tournament. And you've seen that exact same thing, but on the other side of the Great Divide at Montana State since, you know, during this decade. I mean, Montana State has done such a great job branding itself on a statewide uh, regional-wide and nationwide level, and you can see it just in the growth in Bozeman, the growth of campus. But Bobby Houck's right, and I think it's something that needs to be expressed to the higher-ups at the University of Montana. At the end of the day, Montana is a football school. They need to prioritize every element of their football program because it will help every other element of their school. Montana State's doing it right now. You can see it with the way that this town is a buzz for the Bobcats. So I do think what Coach Houck said, it has a lot of meaning there because I think he's right on. I think he hit it right on the head. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, when you talk about Montana State, that they're in this situation where they probably had an opportunity to be on national TV and then the conflict with graduation tomorrow. So they said, hey, we need to move this to Friday. And ESPN said, that's fine, but now you're going to be streaming on ESPN Plus or watch ESPN rather than on you know a national television uh, uh, feed. How I mean, it's been it's been rolling right now in Bozeman, basically in every aspect, both the city, yep. the university, uh, and obviously the football team as well. But how much of a miss do you think that is for this team? And do you think they should have tried to find a way to play a game on Saturday? Well, I mean, I think that the fact of the matter is Montana State's playing a football game this time of year, and it's conflicting with graduation for the first time maybe ever. I mean, the fall walking graduation has only been a reality at the University of Montana for two years. It's only I think it's been here for probably more than 15 years, but not like forever. This is not a forever thing. This is relatively new. 
So I think this is the first time they've ever had to deal with this problem. But it's not a problem. It's a good problem to have. You're, you're talking about a really, really exciting weekend in Bozeman for uh, every avenue of the town. I mean, I'm sure this is going to be a huge economic boon to the entire downtown from graduation as well as the football game. And sure, I mean, it's not it's not as much exposure being on ESPN3 as it is on ESPN2. You're not going to get those people that are just flipping through the channels that might just land on it and watch your school for a little bit. But at the, at the same time, when these games first started getting broadcast on ESPN3 and ESPN+, Plus, it was so hard to find those channels. And a lot of cable providers in Montana did not have access to those channels. So it was a huge pain. And I remember even the... The congressmen, the senators, they got involved to try to get you know, some local ability to watch the games. I remember it was like a gigantic right. pain when Montana State was playing New Hampshire back in 2011. So many people were freaking out because they couldn't get the game. It's just a lot easier now, right? I mean, everybody has the Internet. Most people have five bucks to pay. I know it's not ideal, but it's better than it has been. So even though, you know, you might miss a couple people that are flipping through the channels and land on Montana State, Austin P and watch it. That's definitely exposure for your school. There's no question about it. But to me, it's not necessarily the singular event. It's the repeat of it, right? Like when you think of D3 football, what do you think? You think of Wisconsin Whitewater and you think of Mount Union because those are the teams that are always on ESPN. Those are the teams that always make it to the Division Three championship game. And I think that's yeah. what the schools have to gun for is getting to the point where it's not just this weekend. It's not tonight. It's not tomorrow. It's that every year when team when just normal football fans who know nothing about the FCS are scanning through, they're like, oh, Montana. Montana State are on again. That's cool. They were on last year. They must be pretty good. That's what you want is the affirmed and consistent repeat appearances on ESPN. Yeah, well, you, and you make a good point because, I mean, at this point, even online, it's such an easier experience and, and a higher quality experience to get a game, games that you're looking for, uh, that anybody who wants to see the game, who's interested in it at all, can get it and get it relatively easily. I think, to me, it's not even about the guy in his, in his uh, you know, in his den flipping through the channels and landing on the thing, but it's all of the bars across America, all of the, you know, sports areas, restaurants and stuff that just have ESPN on totally. constantly. Totally. And that's kind of where people just kind of bump into it. And you're missing out on on, on certainly hundreds of thousands, if not millions of quote-unquote impressions because of that. But, again, like you said, if you can consistently be there, then that's when it makes the difference. Hey, let's also hear from Bobby Houck talking about playing a night game. He's not too thrilled about it, to say the least. Playing Friday, like you said, it's a shorter week now, but it is for them as well. They don't have to travel. That's true. But do you like playing a night game? No. Why not? I think night games suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honest today. I'm telling the truth today. I think college football is a day game. A Saturday afternoon game. So there you go, Bobby Howe talking about why it's a Saturday day game. He doesn't like night games. He didn't really expound at all, Coulter, as to why he found that to be the case. He just sort of asserted it, which he's prone to do. What do you think? You love Saturday games. You hate the night stuff, too. Well, I mean, I agree with him that college football is a day game. I do think it's very fun this time of year to get games that are playoff games, that are winner-go-home games, that will be under the lights. I mean, I love the the experience of it, and it's fun. It's just really hard from a coverage standpoint. I mean, like tonight, anyway, out there listening, 
If you're up like at 1.30 in the morning, please go to SkylineSportsMT.com and read my story because you'll be one of a few people that is not going to read it until the morning <laughs> because I know that this is going to be late. But, that, but I mean, that's okay because I, th- I do think every once in a while it's okay. I, you know, the thing that's so interesting, though, is that Bobby Houck was being sort of a curmudgeon when he was talking about his lack of, of uh, you know, his lack of affinity for night games. But the fact of the matter is, Bobby Houck has just not been very good in night games throughout his career. I mean, in night games in his career, he's just 9-7, and seven, but in the FCS playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, he's only won one night game. So it, it has been to his detriment. I mean, his teams have seen their seasons end often in night games, and granted, three of those night games were in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the national championship. So it's not as if it was some abrupt or terrible failure or any sort. It was just a fact that they ran into a buzzsaw in James Madison, in Richmond, and in Villanova. But overall, Bobby Hawks 9-7 and seven in night games, 9-6 and six versus FCS teams. He's 7-3 and three on the road in night games, 7-2 and two on the road versus FCS teams. 5-1 and one versus Big Sky teams, 2-1 and one at home, 1-4 and four in the playoffs, including 0-3 and three at neutral sites. So, granted, I mean, this is basically only the third non-national championship night game that they've played. And uh, the first one, actually, on the road. So that's actually interesting. First on-the-road FCS playoffs non-national championship night game for the Grizz tonight. Well, maybe that's why he doesn't like it, because he just hasn't had nearly the level of success. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand that, but I'm going the exact other way with this. Night games are where it's at. It's called prime time. If you're playing at night, something is going right. Plus, the fans got their whole day. They get themselves worked up into a frenzy. Maybe a bunch of Grizz fans able to travel because it's in the evening. I don't know. All that stuff. I love it under the lights. I don't care what anybody says. Well, you're... That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Good one, guys. Yes, I'm a fan. That's well, right. You're a fan, but you also you have three kids. Think about that's when right. you have something that you have to do with your kids that's hours away. And then imagine not being able to do anything with your kids until that moment came. And then multiply Miserable. your kids by 40 <laughs> and make them 18-year-old boys. <laughs> you know, I mean, do you, I, I talked to Cy Sermon about it, and I was like, dude, what's it going to be like before the game? And he was like, dude, it's going to be terrible. I'm just going to be sitting there, just sitting there, waiting for, like, the biggest athletic moment of my life. Sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. You know, and these guys have the body clocks this time of year where they're waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning. So by the time you're getting ready to go at 8 p.m. at night, I mean, it it, it impacts the littlest things, right? It impacts how much water have you drank. Are you going to be able to rehydrate? You know, are you going to be able to be properly hydrated? What's your food schedule like? You don't want, I mean, by this time you're going to have eaten probably three, maybe even four meals. You don't want to be too full. You know, all those little things that you don't think about. And also then there's the dynamic of just the psychological factor. One thing is this is not a Saturday night game. So these guys have not been sitting around watching games all day. I think that can be, that can go two ways, right? Like if you just sit around and watch college football all day and then go play a game, maybe you're all jazzed up, but maybe you're lethargic. Maybe you saw a bunch of teams get upset, so now you have that in your mind. So I just, I think that there's a lot of, uh, distraction is not the right word. There's just a lot of tediousness that goes into the night game from the player perspective, and that's probably why the coaches don't like it. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. I'm here in Missoula, Coulter in Bozeman, getting ready for the Montana State-Austin P game. He's at the Rockin' R Bar, hanging out there. If you're watching us in Bozeman, hanging out in and around the town, if you're listening on the stream, heading into the game, stop by the Rockin' R Bar. It's going off in there. It'll be before and after the game, so swing in there. Get yourself ready to go for a big Friday night quarterfinal game. It is. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy and online at KurtzBolaris.com. Coulter, we talked about Montana in the first segment. It's time to talk about Montana State. Kicking things off in 90 minutes against Austin P. And we got some sound here from Jeff Choate, but before we get to that just quickly, as you look at this Austin P team, this governor's team, and Montana State, it feels like strength on strength in a lot of ways. As you've continued to break this game down, what do you see just initially? I think, it, I think it is strength versus strength when you consider that Austin P is the number seven ranked rush defense in the United States of America at the FCS level. But also, uh, they're really good against the pass. And they, I, I thought that they're actually their best advantage matchup-wise last week against Sac State was in the secondary. Cordell Jackson was one of the best uh, defensive backs in the country. I had him sixth on my Walter Payton Award ballot so that shows you what kind of pay, or excuse me my Buck Buchanan award ballot so that shows you what kind of talent he is but I think that the most fascinating strength versus strength is is the psychological parallel of these two programs now granted Montana State was never as downtrodden or as much of a doormat as Austin P was never in their history the Bobcats had 14 straight winning seasons between 2002 and 2016 Jeff Choate's first year I guess Rob Ash's last year 2015 and so to compare, you know, a team that lost 45 out of 46 games to a team that has won multiple Big Sky Conference championships this century and even multiple Big Sky Conference championships this decade, uh, that's a little bit far-fetched. But I guess the psychological portion I'm talking about is the guys that are the seniors on these two teams, what they went through. Because it is a similar dynamic. Going 0-11 like Austin P did uh, that first year under Will Healy. You know, that's, it's not the same as going 4-7 and seven in the first year under Jeff Choate, but I think it's equally as excruciating for the programs. One, a program that's used to losing. Another one, a program that's not, but it's equally as excruciating. And then when you go through a rebuild and you are the team and you're the group of guys that leads the team uh, back to prominence, or in Austin P's case, to prominence for the very first time, I think that's a, a cool dynamic and a great story. And so, you know, for these seniors at Austin P to be able to be going out with one of the great seasons, actually the great season in the Division One history of Austin P, that's huge. But also for Montana State, for this group of seniors to get this program back on track, to get them into the playoffs for the second year in a row, to have 10 wins under their belt, to have a uh, first round by in a playoff seed, very affirming, very rewarding for them as well. So I think that you know, the level of motivation and the psychological reward that the senior classes on both sides of this game have received are very similar. Well, Jeff Choate, he had plenty to say at his press conference earlier this week as well, including talking about an offense that's maybe giving him a little taste of his own medicine. 
I kind of feel the pain of maybe some teams that have to prepare for us because there's a lot of similarities in what they do and what we do on the offensive side of the ball. Um, a lot of variety to their run game, um, a lot of different formations, a lot of different people handling the ball, and uh, you can get your eyes mixed up in a hurry, and it can be very, very challenging. Colton, you always tell me that the, the whole goal of college football is for adults to make kids confused so that they make mistakes. And clearly that's what both of these offenses' goal is. Yes, they got really good players, but deception is also king for both of them, right? Oh, absolutely. And you're going to see a lot of fly sweep motions. You're going to see a lot of smoke and mirrors, pre-snap movements. Montana State runs this. It was so funny to hear Jeff Short as he continued on in that exact soundbite we just played. He said, it's not triple option, but it's triple option-esque. And that's what coaches around the Big Sky have said about Montana State for several years now, especially when they had Chris Murray and Troy Anderson operating a quarterback. But Montana State, they still run so many option elements. But that's what you're going to see. And I think that that's been probably the most underrated and the most impressive to me part of Austin Peay's season. The linchpin of the entire comeback of this program was when they signed a kid out of Brentwood Academy named Jeremiah Oatesball. He was the number one recruit in the FCS coming to Austin P. He was the preseason Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year this year, coming into the year. He was supposed to be the guy that was going to lead them on this great run. Well, then he got hurt against Central Arkansas, and they lost that game, and they lost two out of their, the next three, they, including that Central Arkansas game. So that's where two of their three losses came. But with Javon Craig, it took him, as you heard Mark Hudspeth say on this show on Monday, took him about six quarters to get settled in, about a game and a half. But once he did, they catered the offense around him, and they added so much of this Wildcat-type stuff. They added, they, they have the, the Harley kid who runs a lot of Wildcat stuff like Travis Johnson in Montana State's offense. They also added a bunch of the zone read stuff, the fly sweep stuff, the jet sweep stuff. And I think that's very similar to Montana State as well. So it's all about pre-snap deception. It's all about getting the defender to move his eyes to the wrong area and get him peeking in the wrong way and then gash him with something else. And that's the beauty of it is you use the complicated to set up the simple, but then you hit him with the simple over and over and over again. That's what Montana State did so well against Montana a few weeks ago and what they've done so well uh, this entire year. So it'll be interesting to see which team prepared for a style that they're used to seeing in practice better because these two teams are going to be used to seeing it as well since they do see their first-team offense every single day. Austin P. their defense is really good at stopping what Montana State's offense is really good at doing. Here's what Jeff Choate had to say about the governor's defense. Like I said, their interior D-line, 44-90, these guys are, you got a nose who's got seven and a half sacks. And he's, I mean, he's twitchy. And so they, they present some problems for you there. I mentioned the athletic linebackers and then the active DBs. I think the Jackson kid has seven interceptions on the year. And so obviously they've got some guys that are good. They do have some guys that are good. Uh, that is for sure. And, Colton, you talked about their nose tackle in particular who has got to have a huge day today. But if he can play in the Montana State backfield and he, he way outsizes and outleverages Montana State center, that is that is what the governors absolutely have to have in order to have a look at this, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Josephus Smith. Five foot eight, two hundred ninety-five pounds. <laughs> I thought it was really funny when Jeff Choate called him twitchy. I don't know if that's the word I would use. I get what he's saying. He's <laughs> right. explosive, but I mean the guy is. You know me, guess I love interior line play. It's what I love, love in it. football. Love it. This guy popped to me right away because Wyatt Ming is one of the best centers in the country at Sacramento State. He was getting, and Wyatt Ming is enormous. He is an enormous man. He is six foot four, three hundred thirty pounds. He was getting blasted off the ball all game last game. 
And that was the very first guy I looked up on Austin Peay's roster. I had known about Javon Craig. Uh, I had known about the running back because he, he was an all-Ohio Valley guy too. But as soon as I saw Josephus Smith and then saw the numbers, I mean, for playing the true zero technique nose, to have 20 tackles for loss at 7.5 sacks is absurd. That's absurd numbers. And and his his physicality and the way he's built, it, it definitely it, it points towards that sort of production. I mean, he's the type of guy where this guy is a football player and he could he could hold his own strength and power-wise in any football game in the United States of America. Straight up, no doubt. The fact is, though, he's 5'8", and so he didn't get recruited by the SEC schools. But that doesn't mean that he's not an absolutely dominant player at this level, which he has been. He's been absolutely dominant for Austin P. And so that'll be a, definitely a huge key with Montana State rushing the ball for 270 yards a game. What sort of havoc, what sort of plays in the backfield can Josephus Smith make? Other than that, though, I think that Austin Peay's front seven, they are fast, they fly to the ball, but they're not big. And so that part, if they could mitigate and uh, sort of manage Josephus Smith, I do think that Montana State will have an advantage in the trenches otherwise. You know, I want to ask you about that element of it, though, too, because Jeff Choate was asked specifically about sort of this new fly sweep element that they've added in the offense. And, he, you know, they handed a couple of times to the guy coming in motion. But more often than not, and Jeff Choate said this, he's like, you know, we just want to catch guys looking, maybe get him moving and not paying attention. Josephus Smith doesn't need to look at anything who's in front of him. I mean, he goes straight up the field every single snap. And so for a team that does want to run it between the tackles, some of that deception at least on that very interior side, seems like it may be not as effective in this particular matchup. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I I think that coaches always talk about softening the edges so that you can dice up the interior. And I think the number one adjustment that Montana State made, so the Montana State run game has continued to evolve and blossom. They've been one of, if not the best, rushing team in the league the last three years. But so much of the production in 2017 and 2018 came from Chris Murray and Troy Anderson. Those guys had two of the most productive and prolific rushing seasons by quarterbacks in the history of the Big Sky Conference. I mean, Troy Anderson shattered the record for single-season rushing yards in the league with 1,430-plus last year, 21 rushing touchdowns. So Montana State, early the first half of this year, I think that they got by with this brute strength and depth at running back. And they're running a lot of the Wildcat stuff with Travis Johnson, Troy Anderson. But I think that they became a little bit predictable. And people knew, all right, like North Dakota, what they did, they just loaded up the box and just brought the house and just dared Tucker Rovick to beat them. And Tucker Rovick had not turned the corner confidence-wise at that moment. And teams, you know, it doesn't matter how big or strong you are. If you're going against eight-man boxes, you're going to be, you're going to have uphill sledding. And so Montana State, what did they add? They added that jet sweep motion where they actually hand the ball off. And he saw Divine Tolis get seven carries against Northern Colorado. We saw Tyrone Marshall get carries against Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. And so then all of a sudden when that's on tape, now you got guys peeking. And then your inside zone, your power, your counter, all that stuff starts to work a lot better. And honestly, it was on full display more than any other game against the Grizzlies. That's how Montana exploited or that's how Montana State exploited Montana. I mean, they, they were just tricking Robbie Houck and Dante Olson, but, but specifically Robbie Houck. Robbie Houck got caught inside on the inside zone multiple times, and then Tyrone Marshall scored that 29-yard touchdown, and then Robbie Houck was just stuck in the mud for the entire rest of the game. He didn't know which way to go every time they ran that pre-snap motion, and that's why you do it. And when you add, but that's where one part where Austin P is even more dynamic in the run game than Montana State, because you add all those factors, but then you also have the plus one with Javon Craig. Tucker Rovick does not give Montana State the plus one. 
They've mitigated that by playing Travis Johnson at quarterback sometimes in Wildcat spots. But Javon Craig, he's a built-in Wildcat. He's rushed for almost 850 yards this year. So I think that's a place where Austin P might even be more diverse than Montana State in the run game. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Ryan Tutel coming to you from Missoula, Montana. Colton Nuanas coming to you from Bozeman, Montana at the Rock and Arbor. Happy to be so. Jeff Choate, he is uh, not short on words very often, but sometimes the stuff he says is completely spot on to me. And this is one such instance. He was asked if he was surprised about how well Austin P performed against an outstanding Sacramento State team on the road last week. Listen to what he had to say to that question, and then we'll discuss. So what does it come down to, in my personal opinion? Who's the most excited to play? You know, who's still interested in playing football and who's, you know, taking a victory lap and I'll play this game, but I've already really turned my equipment in. And, uh, you know, I just feel like that's what I saw was I saw an Austin P team that was the most excited to play on the field. And they, they played with more energy. They played with a higher level of execution. And I think in a tournament setting, that's so much of what you really can't quantify. You really can't say, well, you know, you look at the tail of the tape. This is who these guys are on offense, defense, and the kicking game. But you can't really decide how bad a guy wants to continue to play and how important a team is to him. they got, got to go do it. And, uh, you know, as I tell our guys all the time, there's two types of teams in any setting like this. There's satisfied teams and there's hungry teams. And so you got to decide who you want to be. And uh, I'm hopeful that our guys are going to be excited to play on Friday night. You know, it's such a, an interesting comment by him and one that I just couldn't agree with more. It is yep. so much about who, quote-unquote, wants to be there. That's not even the right way to talk about it. Look, if you talk to anybody on Sacramento State, their first playoff game in pro history, certainly they were, quote-unquote, excited to be there and wanted to be there, but maybe they were a little too expected or just going to roll because they have been so good all season long. I, you know, I don't know what it was, but it certainly appeared that Austin P was just the more motivated, uh, excited team, wanted it, that was more hungry in that sort of sense, or at least that's the way it comes across on the field. I don't know how you produce that, Colter. I don't know how you get your team more ready to play or more excited about you know a game than your opponent, but you have to be somehow or another. You have to have that hunger, and that is uh, nine times out of ten what is going to win the day in games like this. There's no question, and I think the Sac State analysis is very interesting because transitioning, even with those Sac State established themselves as the front runner in the Big Sky Conference when they came to Bozeman and beat Montana State, and then the next week beat Montana handily in Sacramento, and they're 3-0 in league play with three wins over Eastern, Montana State, and Montana. They still had the underdog mentality because they're Sac State. They've never been here before. How do they keep proving it? How do they not fall off a cliff? And Kevin Thompson got hurt against Weber. How do they continue to win games? They were able to, though, still. But then having a week off and having all the things that happened to them, program first, you get your first Big Sky Conference championship. Then you get your first bye in the playoffs, your first seed, your first top four seed. Then Kevin Thompson gets Offensive Player of the Year. Seven of your players get named First Team All-League. Troy Taylor gets named Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year. And all of a sudden, you have all these distractions. And I'm not saying that Sac State was distracted, but it's really hard to never have been anointed anything, get anointed with everything, and then have to transition your mindset from upstart, underdog, 
to favor a team and playing against a team that's riverboat gamblers that are complete upstart underdogs in Austin P. Sac State had to face a team that had the same mentality as they did, and they had to adjust to a different one, and they weren't able to do it. They were down 21 nothing in the blink of an eye, and that's exactly, uh, you know, I, honestly, Sac State's really talented, but it did not surprise me that they fell flat in their first playoff game. The thing about these two Montana schools, though, guess, they're not going to have any lack of motivation or enthusiasm to play. They're going to straight up be ready to play tonight. I guarantee it. And uh, I, I'm excited to watch them both perform. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be very exciting and a, and a cool situation actually, potentially for both sets of senior classes where you play in a quarterfinal game on a Friday night, you go back and you walk and you graduate on Saturday. That's a pretty great weekend, it seems to me. Oh, absolutely! And I was asking Cy Sermon that in the interview we played yesterday. If you missed it, you can check it out on the podcast one two nine ESPN.com. But Cy Sermon, Montana Senior Center, he said, you know. This is going to be pretty fascinating because we're going to probably get back on the bus to Missoula about 5.30 in the morning, maybe 6. Graduation's at 9. So they're either going to be riding high and feeling so good and ready to have the greatest graduation parties of their lives, or they're going to be dog-tired and not want to skip that ceremony, and it's going to be a devastating devastating attitude as they walk across that stage. But I think that gives even extra incentive, right? Like your, your your college life is coming to a peak in the span of one 24-hour period. And I hope these guys embrace it, and I really think that they will. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Well, happy to welcome in our Mattress Firm Student of the Week from Manhattan Christian High School. She's a junior there, Maddie Visser. Maddie, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you, certainly, and uh, plenty to talk about with you, but let's start on the court, shall we? You're a volleyball player there at Manhattan Christian, a junior, as we mentioned, and you uh, are also now the reigning Class C champions, beating Bridger in the uh, state championship game uh, in uh, back this, this fall. So congratulations there. Tell us about the team and just the run that you went on to a state championship. It was an amazing year for us. We had a really great team. The girls really bonded. We had to overcome quite a bit. We had a lot of injuries right at the beginning of the season and all the way through season. We had to work through six different defenses at least. And it was really cool just to see how everyone came together and worked hard to make the championship work. 
Did you feel like some of those injuries that you had early on and then when girls got back, the kind of team started to build and build throughout the year? Yeah, it was really cool to see how when one person couldn't fill their position because of a concussion or a sprained ankle, other girls just stepped in without complaining and got really, really close over at. You know, Manhattan is such a such a beautiful town and such a great spot to be. Do you, what do you like about Manhattan, just the community that you have there and, and where you're located? It's really pretty. you got mountains on every side. But, of course, the community is absolutely amazing. Everyone is so friendly. Everyone knows everyone. And you know that you're going to be supported in whatever you do. You know, another thing, by the way, Maddie Visser joining us. She's our Mattress Firm Student of the Week from Manhattan Christian High School. You work a lot with the Special Olympics, and we talked to quite a few kids who, uh, you know, volunteer and do things with the Special Olympics, but you spend a lot of time uh, doing this regularly, and you're, in fact, an official unified partner. What does that mean? A unified partner is a student who competes with Special Olympians to win medals and to really bond over um, an athletic that they can participate in together. And so you have one or maybe more Special Olympians that you're directly tied to for these events? Yes. And when are the Special Olympics? When do you compete with them? We have area games in Belgrade around um, March or April, and then state games are in May. And how did you get into the Special Olympics? I've had a girl in my class with Down syndrome since kindergarten. And ever since then, I've just had a heart for them, and I've loved hanging out with them. They've become really close friends. And then I got the opportunity. Their coach asked me if I would like to be a unified partner, and I was more than happy to help the girls out. Well, Maddie, that's fantastic. Hey, we really appreciate you being with us. That's an awesome story. And, uh, you know, you still got another year left to go defend a volleyball state championship. So best of luck next year on that. And we really appreciate you being with us, okay? Thank you so much. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. .org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 